Episode seven, MMA Suck Alive. Myself here, Jeremy Brand, and your man, Dan Rose. What were you going to do instead of that intro, Dan? Wow. Sounds basically the same, right? So, yeah, I was saying pre-air that I was watching. I had Last Chance You on the TV. I know you got some MMA on the TV doing double duty right now with MMA Suck Alive as well as uh, some results for the website, but just uh, let's talk last chance. You, man, the basketball season just came out yesterday. Uh, they're at East LA College, a Juco yes. school. And is it just me or does every single team on last chance you have a Malik on the team? Every single team has a Malik, no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, I'm only three. I'm on episode three. I know you're a few more episodes ahead of me. I don't even know. I don't want to know how many episodes are there because I end yeah, up. I don't getting, know. I end up getting bummed because I'm like, man, I'm going through it way too fast, or I'm going through it way too slow, and then it ends, and I'm like, fuck, I wish there were more. But it's got me hooked. I like the fact that uh, that it's basketball. It's a change of pace from the last chance you football. The coach is really good. There's some very cool. Um, players that you're, you form like not a relationship, but you form like feelings towards that. You're like, damn, this is this guy. I want him to move on. I want him to do well. You know, I, I like that sort of thing about last chance you, and they got a counselor who's a lot like the first season of last chance you football. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure how much I was going to like it. I mean, I like basketball, but I'm a football fan first and foremost. So I was kind of like, eh, getting away from the football thing, but yeah, I'm completely hooked. You do, like you said, it's not a relationship, but you you form an interest in these guys. And I was happy. I'm not going to no spoiler alert or anything like that. But one of the main characters went on to play in the Big Sky Conference, which is the home of the Montana Grizzlies where I went. So I got to see him play a little bit this year. And Oh, wow. That's pretty cool, man. I, I Yeah. I don't, do you know when this was filmed? Like it wasn't during COVID, right? Well, it was filmed the last, it's interesting because uh, Kobe Bryant, when he passed away in the helicopter crash, that that's covered in episode four, I believe. Well, spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it tells you when it was recorded. You yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. One year enough. anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death was what a month. Yeah, so it was yeah. this time last year is when it was recorded. Interesting. Sigil Breaker twenty six says, "Hey guys, how's it going? It's going good, buddy. Keep locked with the show. Keep listening in. Maybe ask a question when we're we're conversing about the fight cards. You could win yourself some MMA sucker swag from the MMA sucker store. So keep it locked. Thanks for checking us out. We appreciate it." Again, we were supposed to have Tim Elliott winner yes. at this past weekend's UFC event. Uh, big victory over Jordan Espinosa. I know he wasn't too pleased about the performance, but uh, we thought he had a fantastic performance and, and wanted to have him on the show to chit-chat with him. But unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, he won't be joining us today. But hopefully, we are crossing our fingers that he will be on next week. Uh, so keep it locked. We'll have Tim Elliott on next week. And uh, I've been doing one-on-one interviews uh, with guys from Rise FC, uh, with guys from Battlefield Fight League. And hopefully going forward, we can get some guys lined up that have upcoming UFC fights or Bellator yes. fights. And and one-on-one access to these guys on the MMA Sucker YouTube page. So 
And without further ado, why don't we get into this weekend, talk some MMA, UFC Fight Night, Edwards versus Mohammed. We talked about the breaking news on this fight a couple weeks back that uh, Bilal Mohammed would be stepping in to take on Leon Edwards. We were a little surprised that he took this fight and also a little surprised that Leon Edwards took this fight. Now, the fight card itself has some intriguing matchups on it. What's your thoughts on this card as a whole, Dan? Um, it's one of those cards that could fly under the radar in terms of big names on it. But I, I'm interested in a handful of the fights on there. I think it's got the potential to deliver, you know, a lot of fun action. And I think the main event is a good fight, solid, solid fight. And uh, I'm happy that Angela Hill and uh, Ashley Yoder got rescheduled so quickly, and they'll be fighting on this card too, barring any unforeseen circumstances. Um, I'm I'm excited about the card. It's MMA, man. It's it's on ESPN, and I'll be watching. For sure. Uh, over on the YouTube channel, no, sorry, Shram Media, no Tim Elliott. Again, it wasn't our fault. We had it all lined up. Uh, management had it all lined up, and then I got a phone call uh, about 45 minutes before we started to record this that he wouldn't be able to join us today. So next week, make sure you tune in. We will have Tim Elliott next Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m. Yep. Uh, so let's go over the card. Main card, I believe it's six fights. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Kicking off the main card, Eric Anders against Darren Stewart. Uh, middleweights, two sluggers, man. Uh, have Absolutely. you looked over the, the card as a whole? Because, uh, we got some slugfests on our hands in almost every single fight on this card. Some, uh, Technical battles between a few of these guys, but again, a lot of fights that could end with one punch. So let's just go over the main card: Eric Anders, Darren Stewart. Uh, what's your pick for this one, Dan? Um, I love the fight in terms of uh, it, it being exciting. I think that this one's not going to go the distance. I think you're going to have a stoppage for sure. I lean a little bit towards uh, Darren Stewart, just being a little bit more technical. But Anders is very durable and tough. It, to me, this is a coin toss to start off the night, and it's a really good fight to start off the main card. Um, if I had to gun to head, I'd probably say Darren Stewart. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, they both have very, very similar records. Eric Anders is 13-6, and six, Darren Stewart 12-6. and six. Very close on topology in terms of their rankings. Like one is 23, one is 25. Means nothing within the UFC, obviously, because the UFC only does a top 15. But these two guys are as closely matched up as they can be. And I'm much like you with this one. I do lean Darren Stewart. I believe he has a little bit more well-rounded game than Eric Anders. I but agree. again, again, one punch could finish this one. Uh, Shrum Media chiming in once again. I thought this card was stacked with names. One of the best in a while, top to bottom. Uh, thanks for adding that comment, my friend. Not a question, uh, but a comment. I, I could agree with you on this one. I'm not saying it's not stacked. I was just asking Dan what his opinions on it were. Because, again, I, if we're matching up guys that are similarly ranked, if we're matching up guys that can put on performances, then yes, this fight card is stacked. But it's not stacked in terms of the casual fan looking at it and being like, ooh, I know this guy. I know this guy. I know this guy. But moving up the main card, we got Mateus Nicolau against Manal Cap. Feels like we just saw this guy inside the octagon. 
again, two guys very similarly ranked 15, two and one for Nick Lowe and cap 15 and five slug fest to say the least I'm leaning cap in this one. What about you, Dan? I do too. I think that when we saw him make his UFC debut, he was a little bit too reserved, a little bit too uh, waiting on the other guy to throw punches first. Um, I know that he trains to to be uh, absolute killer out there at AKA Thailand. Um, I think that in this performance, he's got the octagon jitters out of the way. I think that he's probably going to come out and look to close the distance and, and do more. And I think that he's the much more dynamic striker, and I think he wins the fight. Yes, sir, Shrum, we are talking about the card coming up. Uh, if you have questions about it, again, you could win yourself some MMA sucker swag. Not just comments. Give us a question. Let us answer your question. We will throw it up on the screen if you got anything to ask, and uh, you could be walking away with some cool goodies. Uh, that's two fights that were picking the same guy, man. I don't know how this is possible. Hopefully it doesn't stay the same for the rest of the card. Uh, next up, Jonathan Martinez, 13-3 and three against Davey Grant, 10-4. and four. <sighs> This one's a tough one for me. I'm a Davey Grant fan. I haven't been impressed over the last few fights, but I am going to lean Jonathan Martinez. I just feel like he has more tools to be able to get the job done. Yeah, it's a, it's a good fight. Again, on paper, it's an exciting fight. Um, I like Davy Grant. Like you said, I'm, I'm uh, don't think as lately he's been as you know sharp as he'd been in the past. But I think he wins this fight um, as a as a pretty big underdog. I mean, I think he's plus two thirty five, which is interesting because he is riding a two fight win streak. He he, you know, he won his he went on a three fight losing skid where a lot of guys, if they go on a three fight skid, they end up leaving the promotion, but he lost three. And then he ended up winning the next two His last one. He earned a third round TKO with a left hook against Martin day. So he could very well. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I don't understand how you're saying the favorite is, is that high on this one. It's sometimes odd makers, odds makers don't really understand what they're looking at. Yeah, I think that it, on paper it makes sense that uh, he would be the underdog, but I think that that's too big an underdog. Um, because if you look at it, it, it's it's a close fight in terms of what they both do well. And I think a lot of people are still giving a little too much weight to the victory that... Uh, um, who did he... Not uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. Um Mom, Martinez beat somebody with a flying knee and then ground and pound. Yeah, he was uh, it Frankie Sands. Frankie maybe? Sands, yeah, it was yeah. Frankie Sands, yeah. And I think the odds makers maybe are giving too much weight to that performance. Um, Could be for sure. So I don't know. I think that it's a closer fight than what the odds makers believe it to be. And I, like I said, I think Martinez loses the fight. Do you? Yeah. Interesting, 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 definitely. Um, let's move up. I see we got a question from Shrum Media here, but let's move up the card quickly before we get to that question. This next fight could easily be, if the main event wasn't Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad, then this one would be fight of the night 
barring no other like it doesn't matter what other fight is on this card dan Ige against gavin tucker is guaranteed to be fireworks both these guys can take giant punches dan Ige is a is a freak in there uh training down in las vegas and gavin tucker is a canadian who's shown what he can do inside the octagon i'm so excited for this fight before i get into it dan give me your opinion my friend i think that this is fight of the night even with the main event that we have uh, because I think the main event we'll get into in a minute, but I think the main event is probably not going to be as exciting as this fight is. Um, you know, Ige is unbelievably tough and durable. Gavin Tucker is somebody who kind of has surprised me with what he's been able to do since coming over to the UFC. Um, he's got just the one loss, I believe, since he's been yeah. in the UFC. Yeah, and uh, I I like him in this fight. I like him quite a bit, to be completely honest with you. I think uh, he can beat Ige, and I think that uh, he will beat Ige. Yeah, Gavin Tucker riding a three fight winning streak. You know, two of those victories came by rear naked choke in the third round, and then he beat Billy Quarantino by unanimous decision. And it was not a lot. It was not a very close decision either. I, I believe he had his way with Quarantillo. Uh, Dan Ige, on the other hand, was riding a six-fight winning streak until he lost to Calvin Cater, which, I mean, really? No shame in that. No, no shame in that at all. Calvin Cater looked unbeatable until he stepped inside the cage with Max Holloway. Unfortunately, Ige was supposed to fight Ryan Hall, which was a fantastic matchup stylistically. Completely polar opposite fighters. Uh, Obviously, Ryan Hall wants to get the fight to the mat. Ige loves to strike. Uh... But styles make fights, and this one, they're two fighters who love to slug it out. I'm so excited. Like you said, I think I'm going to have to side with you on this one, man. And it's not just because I'm Canadian, but I know what Gavin Tucker can do inside there. And I feel like he'll be able to push the pace. And also, when he wants to, he'll be able to get this fight to the canvas and, and land some ground and pound. I don't see a finish happening in this fight. I see it going three rounds. I see Gavin Tucker's arm being raised with unanimous decision. I just feel like he's going to push the pace a little bit more than Ige in this one. I couldn't agree more. I think that the other aspect to think about this is Ige's got some tough miles on him as of late. He's, uh, you know, he went a split decision in two of his previous three fights. The fight he had with Calvin was just absolutely back and forth war. Um, that, that, that wears on you, you know, when you have, you know, three fights in a row like that, that are all difficult fights. I think that, uh, this is a, a good moment, a good opportunity for Gavin Tucker to, to catch Danny gay. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm actually surprised that the Danny gay Gavin Tucker fight is not the co-main event, but the co-main event could be fun as well. Uh, he's not listed as a Canadian, but Misha Serkinov is truly a Canadian because uh, he came from up here and then moved down to the States, I believe, to train down there. And he's taking on Ryan Spann again. Two guys who could seal the deal with fists. Uh, but Misha Serkinov as well has a fantastic ground game. Uh, I'll, lead, I'll lead things off. I feel like if Spann doesn't get the job done within one round then this is all Misha Serkinov. I feel like Span will, like, I don't know. He'll he'll gas out very quickly. He'll look to throw balls to the walls right off the hop in the first round. And if Serkinov can withstand that pressure in the first round, then I feel like he gets a submission win in round two or three. That's my pick. What about you, Dan? 
Um, yeah, I can understand certainly where you're coming from there. I, I think that Ryan Spann is probably going to be able to uh, get a finish here, believe it or not. Um, I think that uh, he's looked really good in terms of what he's been able to do in there. He beat Diet Nog. Um, Devin Clark, he looked really good in that fight as well. Split decision with Sam Alvey is not overly impressive, but um, he's looked good in there. Obviously, in his last outing, he got stopped by Johnny Walker. But Johnny Walker's at that next level in the in the division, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the the rarefied air of the light heavyweight division, and I think that Walker belongs there. Um, I like Misha Serkinov. I, I think his ground game is underrated, but I think that he's a guy who sometimes gets stubborn, and you saw him lose in the first round also to Johnny Walker. He's yeah. also lost to Glover Tuxer. He's lost to Vulcan Ozdemir. So Ozdemir, I should say. I, so it's a tough fight. I think Ryan probably gets the victory, though. You said you think he gets the finish. You think it happens early because I think it has to happen early. Like you yeah. said, I think that if he if he doesn't get him out of there inside of the first five to seven minutes, he's gonna wilt. And when yes. he wilts, it'll be on his back on the canvas. And uh, I think that that at that point, like you, it, it's on Misha. But I think he does get the finish in the first in the first four minutes of the fight. We've got a couple questions here. Uh, I'll get one up on the screen. We'll answer it. You may get yourself. Actually, you know what? We said if you throw a question in, we throw it up on the screen. You will win yourself some MMA sucker swag. So this question, this question is going up on the screen. It's from White Van. We're going to have to sort of ask some clarification on this one because... So win or lose, whom of these fighters are on the chopping block during the next round of cuts? Now, do you mean from every single fight that we've spoken about on uh, this UFC Vegas 21 main card? Or do you ask from between the Dan Ige and Gavin Tucker fight? But if I'm asking about this fight, about Dan Ige and Gavin Tucker, I don't think either of these guys are going to be on the chopping block anytime soon. No, they're, they're not. extremely exciting. They've only lost... As I said, uh, Dan Ige lost once in his last seven fights. Gavin Tucker is 13-1 and one overall. He, they'd have both have to lose at least three or four in a row to be cut. Uh, I can't see either of them being cut. If we're moving down the card, uh, any other guys that could be cut? I mean, Davey Grant, as we said, riding a two-fight winning streak. He was riding a, a three-fight losing skid, so he's a guy who could... You know, you never know, man. I mean, the UFC cuts guys whether they're on a winning streak or a losing streak uh, at times. So it it all depends, sort of, what you did in your last fight. You're only, as they say, you're only as good as your last fight. Uh, I'll let Dan speak on this a little bit. White Van, make sure you fire us your uh, information. Send it to us on Twitter at MMA Sucka, and we'll get you out some sucka swag. Yeah, I think that uh, when you look at the people who are on the chopping block, so to speak, I think you look at a couple of things. You look at what they've done in their last few fights. I think Ashley Yoder, somebody who with a loss, if it's a one-sided loss, could potentially find themselves out of a contract. And you have to look at what they are paid. The people that have been around in the organization for a long time and who are being paid a large amount of money and maybe not returning 
the uh, investment, so to speak, and, and how they perform, those people are at a risk. I mean, that's just the world we live in right now. The Contender Series is pumping young talent into the organization, and you can pay three or four of those guys for what you can pay one, you know, guy who's been around for 12 to 15 fights. Yeah, we saw and, that with Alistair Overeem and Junior DeSantos, right? And so. I think, yeah, I think Mish is a guy that falls under that umbrella. There you that go. If, if he were to get stopped, I think that he could potentially be in some trouble with the UFC in that in that regard. There you have it, White Van. As I said, fire us your information. Uh, DM us your information on, at, on yeah Twitter. at MMA Suck on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for that question. Again, there is another question in here. Well, you will get to it uh, after we speak the main event. Uh, UFC Fight Night Vegas 21. Uh, Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad. Leon Edwards is a guy who has been overlooked for years now. He's been expected to face for a title. He's been expected to fight for the number one contendership, but he just keeps sort of getting surpassed. And I mean, three fights in a row, we saw him expected to fight uh, Chimaev. He was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley. None of those fights ended up playing out. And now he's fighting Bilal Muhammad, who's riding a winning streak of his own of four fights. And this is arguably the toughest competition, not in terms of who he's fighting, but the fact that if Leon Edwards loses this fight, he's just backtracked his career immensely. Uh, what's your pick for this one, Dan? This one hurts me because I'm a massive Bilal Muhammad fan. Um, however, that being said, I think that uh, uh, Edwards has just a, superior striking technique and ability. He has a reach advantage, which will play in this fight. And he's, his kicking is also going to be a determining factor in this fight. I think that uh, both guys will have to weather some storms in the early going. But as the fight continues into the fourth and maybe the fifth round, I think that uh, Edwards will just kick Bilal Muhammad apart with the kicks and with the jabs and everything else. And, could get him out of there, but more than likely it could go to the distance. I uh, did some research on them because I wrote the preview for this fight. And I want to say Bilal Muhammad, but I can't. He just doesn't stack up in this fight the way he needs to. I know I'm, I'm much like you. And I think the one factor that I have a tough time with is I haven't seen Leon Edwards fight in so long that I have no clue what he's going to bring to the cage. In fact, I re you did research. I have not done that. I forget what Leon Edwards even looks like inside the octagon. I'll have to go back. I'll have to watch some fights. I truly believe he gets the victory here because he's just up that much higher than Bilal Muhammad. I believe what, like rankings wise, they're not even close, right? Leon no, Edwards is four versus one. 13. I yeah, think. exactly. So four versus 13. If Bilal Muhammad picks this up, he truly deserves a title shot. And I, I'd be very impressed if he did, but I can't I can't pick him. I'm gonna take Leon Edwards as well. I think Bilal Muhammad is durable. A five-round fight might be tough for him. So if a finish happens, it happens in the fourth or the fifth round. Yeah. But yeah, I'm leaning decision as well, just like you. Um, as we said, a fight card that is a lot of fun, not necessarily for guys that uh, know names names or don't know names names in terms of uh, the casual fan. But 
if I were you, I'd definitely be checking this one out. I can't give you my last one standing pick because I got rocked and knocked out of it last week. <laughs> oh, that's right. I never even thought of that. You did, didn't you? Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of guys got knocked out, I believe. But uh, let's uh, just get into this other question that we've got here. Shrum Media, thank you. Again, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, don't message us on there. Your question was answered here. Message us on Twitter at MMA Sucka. Give us your information. Say that you asked the question and uh, we will head, head you over some uh, Sucka swag. Uh, you got two questions, actually. We'll answer this first one and then we'll uh, throw over the second one uh, just to get it in there. But flyweight division is one of the hottest in the UFC right now. What flyweight prospects are you most excited about? A lot of people seem very high on Menal Cap, uh, but he seemed very hesitant in his debut. Agreed, he did seem hesitant in his debut, but a lot of guys are very similar to that in the flyweight division, or not in the flyweight division, but in their UFC debuts, because octagon jitters are truly a thing, man. Uh, you get in front of those bright lights, and you've never fought in front of that many fans, and, well, not fans right now. On television. Never, on television, in front of that many people. It's just a different game. You can talk yourself up and into it as much as you want, but once those lights turn on and Bruce Buffer announces your name, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Uh, well, I know you're talking uh, prospects uh, inside the octagon. There's a lot of guys outside the octagon. If you go over to sites like Combat Press, I know there's a few guys over there that do um, – prospect watch and whatnot just for the certain divisions i do it myself for mma sucka each and every month i do a, a monthly prospect watch but there's guys out of russia like murad magomedov who's 11 and 0 who's a true prospect at flyweight and azamat karafov who's also from russia 14 and 0 big time prospect uh, Jake Hadley out of england he's the cage warriors flyweight champion this guy is a prospect as well so in terms of prospects outside the octagon, I'd say those guys and then prospects inside the octagon, there's like, it's, it's tough to say there's guys in the top 15 who I still consider prospects because the division is so deep and, and they just haven't fought enough. Yeah. And I, I think, it, I think that the, you, you said it very well there. Um, prospects within the flyweight division. I still think of uh, Manel cap as, as one of those. I think that he's going to be a lot more forthcoming with the offense in this fight. And I think that uh, he'll have a performance that'll make people say, okay, this is who we thought he was. This is what, you know, the entertaining striker looks like. And I think that he's a prospect within the division, despite having looked uh, a little gunshine losing his debut. Yes, he was a world champion under the Ryzen banner. Yes, he's fought in front of those bright lights. Completely different when it's the UFC, I think, though, man, because the UFC has that name's name. They are the largest organization in the world. I truly believe that it's a completely different story when you hit the octagon. And I, I think that's true, but I think also um, when you're a young fighter coming into that organization for the first time and you put together a game plan, and that game plan is let the guy strike, counter strike, counter strikes, 
and then the other guy isn't too forthcoming with offense either. It can uh, it can it can mess up your your strategy for the fight, and I think that's what happened. He expected his opponent to be a lot more aggressive, and when he wasn't, he didn't. Uh, they didn't answer that quickly enough, and and put together a new plan quickly enough for him to uh, go out next to you. Hundred percent. All right, we'll get this other question from you, Shram. Uh, do you guys think Leon Edwards is a bit overrated? Uh, not one bit. I did early in his UFC career. I'll give you that. Obviously, he lost to Kamaru Usman, which is, you can't say anything about that. Even when it happened, uh, Kamaru wasn't like at the peak of his game like he is no, now. No, but it's still but, but, so he beat Dominic Waters. He beat Albert Tumanov. He beat Vicente Luque. And then he beat ba Brian Barbarera. And after that, I thought he was a tad bit overrated because those were decisions and one rear naked choke in the third round. After that Barbarina fight, when he beat Peter Sabota and destroyed him, and then went on to beat Donald Cerrone, and then went on to beat Gunnar Nelson, and then Rafael Dos Anjos in dominating fashion, you cannot say that this guy is overrated by no, any means. I don't think he's overrated at all. I think you look at a guy, and, and yeah, maybe he didn't fight the best talent and to the best of his ability in his first few fights in the UFC. But you can't control who you fight. You fight who they present you to fight. You get by with victories, and then you look great in performances versus Donald Cerrone and uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. And I look at a guy like Vincent Luque as someone who is on that line of between levels of the welterweight division. And I consider a victory over him to be a pretty good barometer of where you are in the division. And so... I think at this point, he's not overrated. I think that he's going to show that against Bilal Muhammad. And I think he's just a guy that's waiting for an opportunity to do something great. And if if he beats Bilal, Dana White is on record as saying he'll, he gets a title shot. You know, <laughs> we've Dana heard, White, we've heard that a few times. <laughs> someone call Matt Lemon and ask him when his title shot's coming. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's. I, don't, I would not say he's overrated in the league. So Shrum follows up with, I can't name a single elite welterweight he's beaten. He beat RDA, but we all know he's a lightweight. I don't necessarily think that it's the fact that he's beaten elite welterweights, but the fact that he's been able to rack up the winning streak with the guys that he's beaten means something. It doesn't necessarily mean he's elite by any means, but we will be proving that he's able to continuously build on his name by building against marketable guys, RDA is a name's name, regardless of whether he's a lightweight or not. Donald, so Cerrone, Nelson. Donald Cerrone, Gunnar Nelson, and if he beats Bilal Muhammad, another name in the division to add to his belt. He truly deserves a title shot if he wins like eight fights in a row. I mean, and all he can do is fight who, the, who he's given to fight, like I said. If he wins this fight and a title shot isn't forthcoming, you would have to think that his next fight would be against a Jorge Masvidal or a Colby Covington, and you beat those guys. And there's no nobody that can say you know you haven't beaten an elite guy. All he can do is face the guys that are put in front of him and beat them, and that's what he's done. Hasn't lost a fight since twenty what fifteen against Kamaro Usman. Yeah, I mean you don't go on six year undefeated streaks in the UFC and because you're overrated. 
Exactly. Again, thank you so much for your questions. Fire us a DM over at MMA Sucka on Twitter, and we'll get you some MMA Sucka swag. That sure. just about does it for this week's episode of the show, but I want to go over some of the goodies that we have over at MMASucka.com. So I'm going to share the screen with you guys just so you can see what we've got. Tonight, as we said off the hop, Dan Rose is doing double duty. He's got Cage Fury 92 results. We've got uh, previews from this week's UFC Vegas 21 fight card. We've got a preview of one Fist of Fury 3, which goes down on Friday, but it's you know a taped show, so which doesn't really matter because none of you guys know the results. So you can check out those previews. Uh, we've got some great interviews over on the site that Michael DeSantis has done. Um, a few interesting articles, Spencer Fisher, obviously, uh, creating, uh, disabled Sam Stout starting this fundraiser on GoFundMe. Amanda Grace wrote that who's Hans Molenkamp. Well, we know this past weekend, Dominic Cruz called him out. Uh, he said he has nothing against the guy, but he obviously does. And he wants to fight in a charity matchup against the man who is the face behind monster energy. He does not own the company, but he is the head of the company, basically. Sure. Uh, you can check out who Hans Molenkamp is over on the site. And then we have a ton of other goodies from this past weekend, as well as the weekend coming up. So that just about does it for this week's episode of MMA Suck Alive. Dan, anything else that you've got for us? I'll tell you what I'd like you guys to do. Fire us off a DM also um, on our MMA Sucker page. I want to know if you think that a loss by um, Fisher Yan via disqualification is enough to drop him from our top 10 pound-for-pound ranking. That is a great question because we were chatting about this. We've got to update our pound-for-pound rankings. We plan to do it tomorrow, which is Friday. Uh, so if you guys are watching this, uh, all you guys that are that are tuning in, fire us over a DM on at or over at MMA Sucka on Twitter. Or even just add us on MMA Sucker on Twitter. It doesn't even have to yeah, be a DM. Yeah, it doesn't it have to be a, a DM. public public tweet. And let us know if Peter Yan should be dropped. He is number ten, I believe, on our pound for pound rankings. Should he be dropped from the rankings for landing that knee and being disqualified? Because we've got other guys that could move up in the list, uh, and we're just wondering if you guys would agree. But it's not going to guarantee whether we do it or not. But we'd like to know your opinion. For sure. Uh, Shrum, finally, he says, I think he's a great fighter, but I really think his style is tough at this weight class. I don't think his ground game can hang with the great wrestlers in the div division. We're not going to answer that. We'll leave it for next time. We'll see if it happens this weekend. Uh, Bilal Muhammad has a great wrestling game. He's got a great top game. He's got great striking that leads to his wrestling. Tune in next week, Shrum Media. Make sure you subscribe and follow us and leave a like down below over there, wherever it is over here blah, 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 blah. on YouTube. Give us a like and a follow on Twitter at MMA Sucka. Follow us on Instagram at MMA underscore Sucka. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jeremy Brand 604 on Instagram at Jeremy underscore 604. And you can follow Dan on each and every platform at Dan Rose MMA. That does it for this week's episode of MMA Suck Alive. We are out.